Welcome to The Race, a podcast brought to you by FCA Endurance, where our goal is to unite, equip, and encourage Christian endurance athletes in their mission to see the world changed for Christ through their local huddles and across the globe. We exist to inspire each other, to share our victories as well as our defeats, not just in our competitions, but in our walk with Christ. I'm your host, Andy Peterson. Join me as I interview FCA Endurance teammates to get their thoughts and ideas on how they run with endurance the race set before them. I've been involved in this ministry at the local level for over 10 years and have personally received encouragement from many teammates across the nation. And I'd like you, the podcast listener and subscriber, to receive the same encouragement. Maybe you want to start your own huddle, but don't know where to begin. Maybe you're a believer who wants to get in shape, run a 5K, maybe do your first sprint try for the first time. Or maybe you just want to see the world change for Christ and want to join us in our kingdom building efforts as we press beyond evangelism and into discipleship. Well, we are here for you and we hope to touch on all of these issues, questions and more. And to help me do that for this episode, we have Lincoln Murdoch, who is a three-time national champion in triathlon, duathlon. But Lincoln, you came from humble athletic beginnings based on what I've learned about you. How did you get involved in the sport? And welcome to the podcast. Yeah, thank you, Andy. Appreciate being on. Yeah. Yeah, humble beginnings. I was that kid growing up that, you know, tried hard, wanted to be an athlete, but really wasn't that great. Um, Got cut from some teams, sat the bench a lot on some teams, did stupid things like dribbling inbounds from out of bounds in basketball instead of throwing the ball in uh just you know i tried hard i even i went to a real small college a little naia school my senior year the track team had about six guys out for the team and so the coach said why don't you come out and run i didn't know what i was doing and we went to eastern kentucky university and i got lapped in a two mile on the track so it's hard to do you got to be well, you just got to be not very good to get lapped in two miles. I think it was probably the first time in the history of track and field that that had ever happened. So, <laughs> but you know, every year I would watch the uh, I'd watch the Hawaiian Ironman on TV, and I started running. You know that that uh, inauspicious track start. Uh, I, for some reason, I hung with it. Five Ks, ten Ks, half marathon, marathon, ultra marathon. I was kind of one of those guys that I wanted to see. Okay, I did that. I wonder if I could do this. So watching the Hawaiian Ironman, and then I actually met a triathlete, a guy that had actually done some races. So I had a million questions. So in 1994, I did my first race. It was kind of a between a sprint and an Olympic distance and uh, set a goal of the next year to go back and had like five goals to hit this kind of time to place in my age group, to, uh, not chauvinistic, but not to beat all the ladies. <laughs> to, <laughs> just, you know, 1994. So, and I came back and I made, I hit all those goals a year later. Yeah. So then it was the same thing though. Okay. That can I do an Olympic? Can I do a half Ironman? Can I do an Ironman? So that's kind of, there are some fast ladies out there, Link. It's no shame. Listen today, uh, getting chicked is a regular occurrence for me. Uh, I didn't want to be the one to say it. I did not want to be the one to say it. Yeah. Well, I remember I mean, the first time it happened to me and they were just, there was this girl, it was actually a, um, a half, a 70.3 and she just walked away from me on the run and there was nothing I can do. And I was, <laughs> I was in my forties 
So I just chalked it up to the heat or something. But, you know, every race after that, there were more and more people that were running past me. And it's a very humbling and, and not humiliating, but humbling um, experience to realize, okay, so you, you probably started out, um, you know, at the 20 to, I can't remember what you said, 30 to 34 age group. So you go up and then you start on the, you know, I'm at 50, I'm in the 50 to 54 age group right now. Um, and it's clear to me that things are not as easy as they once were. Um, but I want to go back real quick too. So you were NAIA in Eastern Kentucky. Uh, yes, yeah, kind of Central Kentucky. We were, I went to Asbury, Asbury College, just south of Lexington. Okay. So my, uh, my, my boys race, they tr race track and cross country at Cedarville University, which was, oh NAIA. yeah, so I don't know right. if we did. We competed against them in soccer and some different sports. Yeah. 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 That's great. Cool. And it's what's great about those small schools, right? I mean, you can go as a walk. I did the same thing for soccer, never played before in my life, wanted to try it out. And, and that's, you know, that's kind of how we get, we get to where we get to try things. Right. And that's uh, NAIA is a little more, you know, it's more like it's D2 for people who don't know what NAIA is. It's very similar to, I think, what a D2 uh, division would be in the, in the um, NCAA. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. So yeah. So that's great. So you you were hitting all your marks. You now be a world champion. That's phenomenal. Are you still competing at at those upper echelons? You know. Well, just just one correction. I'm not a world champion. Maybe when I'm in the ninety to ninety four age group, that would be world world national low. Well, <laughs> so I've gone to world several times, and that's yeah, that's a that's a whole. I mean, yeah, that's that's the real deal there. Um, so I'm thankful. I very. I mean, this is the glory to God. But I, three times I finished in the top ten at wow. IT, which um, I look back on that thing. Man, how did I even do that? But yeah, I'm still trying to race at a good level. Uh, after about years of committing to the short course stuff and doing really well, um, uh, two years ago I thought, I wonder what this old body can do going back maybe to the seventy point three distance. So uh, I did that and had a good good season last year hit a couple podiums and a couple of those so oh, phenomenal cool and blessed is 70.3 your favorite discipline or, or distance you know it is it is even though uh i've you know 10 to 1 i've done spr sprints and olympics compared to the long course stuff but i love it because it combines a lot of a lot of strategy right i mean you got to get your pacing just right you got to get your nutrition right uh you can't go crazy uh, so i love i love strategy and for me, it's my favorite distance. Yeah, I, I think I've done seven in the last two years. Yeah. So phenomenal. Like you were saying, you know, I'm in the 65 to 69 now. Oh, wow. Okay. The deal is just getting the training in without getting injured, especially the running. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And, you know, the Lord bless me. I, my last training run, I raced um, the World Championship 70.3 last year in St. George. Oh, my, good last, my last training run, I had to get picked up at mile four a week and a half out from with my wife coming by in the car to no. come get me. And I was just praying that it gets to get me through. And, uh, and the Lord um, carried me through that race. It was a wonderful time. That's where I met Mark Long. And um, that's how we kind of started. I started to get reacquainted with FCA Endurance as a ministry. Um, and so, yeah, that kind of rebirthed um, my local huddle here as well. So yeah. it's been a real, it was a really wonderful experience. And God's hand was certainly in that, not just to get me through the race, 
but um, to kind of get things going here too as well. Got me some ideas for the podcast, things of that nature. So that's really cool. So yeah, so wonderful. Um, yeah, phenomenal that, that you've accomplished all that and and still going strong. And I agree wholeheartedly with staying injury-free, um, fitting everything in and 70.3 being such a good distance for that because you don't have to go out and run a marathon, you know, yeah. you're still putting in some serious time and work. Yeah. Um, and the rewards are good too, because you got a three hour, four hour, four and a half hour race ahead of you at some point. So you, that, I mean, it's more than like you do a sprint, you could be done in an hour, right? right? Or you do a 5k and yeah, that whets your appetite. And the cool thing about 5k is you can do one every weekend, you know, you can, you can, <laughs> right. um, so it's so much, so regardless of where you're at in your athletic endeavors, there's always going to be opportunities for you to compete. And if you're a competitive person like you or me, um, <laughs> there's opportunities to race and also opportunities to evangelize, um, and things of that nature. But before we get into that, you yeah. also have, um, you are the CEO, I believe. You're gonna to have to correct me, probably. Um, executive director, perhaps, of the of a ministry called Step Up to Live, which is, sounds really cool. And I got a little story to share after you talk a little bit about it. So, but tell us a little bit about that ministry and what your involvement is there. Yeah. So, um, so we produce materials, resources for pastors, missionaries, ministry leaders, and followers of Jesus all over the world. Uh, we have a primary primary resource, primary tool. It's a little booklet called Step Up to Life. And um, so my dad, that that long story short, that was my dad's sermon 66 years ago. He preached a sermon called Steps to Salvation. Wow. Little oh, it would turn into a, a booklet that's been translated now into 80 different languages and versions. And we were guessing three to four million copies have gone out in the last 20 years all over the world. So that's that's crazy to even say those words because it seems so massive and we're just a small ministry, but the Lord's taken that and blessed it and spread it all over the place. So basically what it is, is it, it helps a person understand where they are in their spiritual journey. Uh, Jesus told a scribe in Mark 12, he said, you're not far from the kingdom of heaven. And so that's distance terminology. So it is five steps and people can look at those and go, oh, I'm on this step and they can see where they are in their spiritual journey. And then ultimately what the next step is, and then where God wants them ultimately to land on the top step of saving faith. So, uh, yeah, that's that in a very small nutshell. That's that's what we produce. That's what we use. We have a triathlon version and a runner's version, which is uh, really cool because we've partnered with FCA and I've been a part of FCA Endurance for a lot of years now. And uh, it's just one of the resources that are available uh, for Christians. Yeah. And we have we have handed out the little interesting little tidbit is we have actually handed out I didn't know it was yours or your your ministries but we've handed out that at expos at marathon expos for under our FCA endurance banner not knowing that they were yours but they're distributed through FCA or FCA endurance yes. so that's really yeah, cool and we had the we have the runners version I did not know there was a triathlon version as well but they look yeah I, I saw the links I I must have a, I think I have an older version of the same thing but it has the same inside or same backside but the front's a little bit different the what yeah. you have showed me is a little more modernized and we're not running in our yes. old Nike Pegasus you know <laughs> which which used to be funny to me but now the pegs are really a, a popular shoe again so um, but yeah no so that's really cool and we've used that um and I mean God is he is um he uses those and obviously in this case he really is using what you put together yeah. I mean that's super great 
And well, one of, one of the things we found, Andy, is that, um, and we're just, you know, we're reading the researchers that are out there today, the George Barnas and these guys that are doing all the research. And um, in a nutshell, basically uh, only one out of 10 people that raise their hand in any kind of setting to make a decision for Jesus, only one out of 10 can be found anywhere just a short time later. And so one of the things we say is that um, we, at Step Up Life, we want to produce lasting conversions, not temporary decisions. Mm-hmm. There's a big, big difference between a, a temporary decision that doesn't last. It's a spurious type of decision and a true lasting conversion. So, um, yeah, the statistics are really bad. <laughs> They're just yeah. really bad in terms of results of evangelism today. And so we, we're trying to dig into that and find out, okay, why is that? Why is 10 per, and some say it's only two or 3%, but we'll mm-hmm. benefit of the doubt. Let's say it's 10. That's still really bad. And what can we do to see lasting conversions take place? So yeah, I agree. Really the heartbeat of step up to life. Yeah, no, I think that's lacking in the Christian community right now. That's why I kind of focus as much on discipleship. Now, clearly FC endurance is both right. You, we are an evangelistic yeah. ministry outside of the four walls of the church reaching out, looking for people who are looking for us, right? I mean, we can carry on conversations to the extent that people are welcoming. And that goes along with where they are in their in their, in their their walk. Are they resistant? Are they open? Where are they at? And that's all part of a conversation you can have. You can find that out what step they're on pretty darn quick. And I know that. And I so I have friends that are still on that first step. They have right. no interest at all. But right. they like me, I like them, and we have a, we have a salvage of yes. friendship. And there are other yeah. people, right, who... They make a decision. Well, was it real? I mean, what you know, we have the parable of the soil, right? Was it real? Is it going to last? We need to go ahead. That's what the local huddles are all about. We need to cultivate those relationships, make sure that it takes, right? That it takes Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. move forward. And how do we do that? By discipling them. So I think that's where the local huddle is so important. And um, you're probably involved. I'm going to just guess here that you're probably involved in a local huddle as well. So clearly, and we haven't even talked about this, but your father's kind of started this ministry, wrote this little booklet. You've got a book written that uh, as well. So it must run in the family, the gift of being able to write, that sort of a thing. You probably have other similar gifts with outreach and working with others. Has that kind of spilled over into the FCA and ministry, endurance ministry? And how did you, are you currently active in a huddle now? How are things going for you there? And how did those originate? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot of questions right there. So um i i was you know when i got into endurance sports and running and all of that uh i i was interested in in a sports ministry that you know shared the same kind of heart so in fact way back when i first started well a couple years after i started running uh, i contacted athletes in action and uh they had had like a team you know with the, the the kits and everything and i was like oh man that'd be so cool so i wrote them and i said hey i can run 35 minutes for a 10k uh, I'd love to be on a team. And they wrote back and said, yeah, we're looking for guys that can run 31. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, so much for that. <laughs> so uh, a few years later then, uh, I'm trying to think how it was. Chris Anderson and I met. And uh, we, we well, actually before Chris, we started this thing called the ICTN, the International Christian Triathlon Network. That was and you we, guys, huh? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. The ICTN was the very first start of this whole thing. FCA came on a year or two later as part of that network. And then I, the Lord was kind of leading me another way. And so Chris said, look, we can just make this an FCA thing. So 
FCA Endurance was kind of born out of that, I believe. Uh, maybe it was already going and we, they merged in and then took over. I, I tease Chris about taking over what I started, but um, no, it's it's all good. So, so yeah, we had triathlon camps every year and that ran for probably, gosh, I don't know, 15 years. They wow. were in Phoenix initially, then in Tucson and uh, just great times, great camaraderie. We'd have Chris Lieto, Heather Galnick, some of these pros come in that were believers and be part of our camps. So that was great. And then Chris really got things rolling and Mark's taken over and done a great job too with the huddles. So in Omaha, it's a strange, it's kind of a strange scene. Our, our touch point the last few years has been a Monday night ride. So it's a time trial. Everybody shows up. It's self-timed. And, you know, we give an award at the end to the most improved, not the fastest. Nice, nice. nice. You keep track and we keep track of the results. And then if you're the most, you might be the slowest one, but if you're the most improved, you win the, you win the gel, big deal, right? Or whatever it is that we're giving away. So at that point, we, you know, we distribute the FCA uh, brochure. Uh, We start with the word of prayer. Uh, So it's kind of a soft touch, an easy entry in. Uh, we have not had regular huddle meetings like most huddles, whether it's monthly or weekly. Uh, it's just time and leadership and uh, somebody to grab that and go with it here in Omaha. But at this point, that's not happening. Understood. It's a real deal story at this point. Yeah. I really like the, the both of those ideas. Number one, I was always curious as to why. Well, first of all, I wanted to get into those training camps. I thought that was a phenomenal idea cost prohibitive, time prohibitive. There's other issues that can't ever, not everybody can make it clearly, but man, how yeah. close, I think it was in Tucson, the year I was trying to go, there was one that might've been, I think you said Florida, maybe it wasn't Florida. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. There was. I was trying to get there and it just couldn't, I mean, it just was not happening for me, even though the price point was low, it was very reasonable. Um, do you think that there's a potential for those to be resurrected at some point? There, there is talk going on about that uh, with Mark and with some of us that were kind of core to that camp each year. Uh, so we're looking at some things. We'd love to do it. You know, it comes down. It, it's a, a little bit work, a little bit time intensive, work intensive to pull that all together. Yeah. Um, and we always had a committee, you know, in the years past when we did it. But just in value, I mean, lifelong relationships were built up during those those camps. And uh, riding up Mount Lemon together and stuff oh. like that there in Tucson, oh. amazing, amazing times. So yeah, really cool. Um, so yeah, we'll be praying for that for wisdom on whether or not we can push forward with that opportunity um, and whatever resources are required. If they fall in place, if the Lord wills, clearly that's something we can consider. Um, I was going to touch on your Monday night rides are really cool, and I. If you're in a super saturated market, like we like we have a group ride that's non-FCA endurance, um, every night of the week, you can find a group ride somewhere out of some local bike. And I mean, we're a yeah. small community, but there's, there's some, it's not like, it's not like we're going to invent a new ride and have people come to it. Cause you know, I think that at least in this community, the goal is to ingrain ourselves into existing communities. I mean, we actually did try a Monday night mountain bike ride once, um, but a Monday, it was it was on the night of another ride, and it was so it never yeah. really came to fruition. But right. you guys seem to have something pretty solid there. Um, and and is it is it is it sponsored by the local huddle, or is it is it it's open to everybody? It, regardless, I guess those are two questions. I don't want to hit you with too many questions, but tell me. Yeah. About that. 
No. Um, so it went probably 10 straight years. Wow. And it wasn't huge. We'd have anywhere from, you know, just a very few up to maybe 13, 14. Uh, every minute we go, it's an out and back course, just on the edge of town where there's not much traffic. Um, and we, uh, a local bike shop uh, was kind of our, how did I say it? They, they were our sponsor and FCA was our host. Or I use those two different words. And in, in, so people knew the bike shop, so they felt good about that. Maybe they didn't know what FCA was, but that's okay. They're going to come out and do the, do the time trial. Uh, so it, um, and then COVID hit. And the year before COVID, our numbers had dropped some, and then COVID shut it down for a couple of years. And then when I thought about last year, I just, same issue, same issues you're facing, Andy, where uh, so many different tri teams, cycling teams, weekly rides, it just, it, it felt like it had kind of lived its life. Mm -hmm. And so now it's just like, well, where do we go from here? We'll have to see. Right. And like, yeah. And so we have resources that make ourselves known without having to invent something new out of whole cloth. You know, we have kits cycling kits running kits you know we yeah. have you know wristbands there are ways that people can identify us we um without it without in, in not so subtle ways but also you know so you'll know if there's somebody interested in the ministry right off the bat they will probably comment on that or if they're not interested then they won't regardless you're getting a good ride in you're getting a good run in you're making friends you're making acquaintances and uh opportunities for evangelism and so regardless of whether it's something that you start up or whether it's something that uh, already exists, um, we encourage you to, to get involved with those, um, with those opportunities. Um, and, and like you said, it's, 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 it's relational and it's about just getting out there and either doing something for the community or with the community. And that community is the endurance community and be looking for somebody who's looking for you um, and then just grow from there. So, yeah, so that's, that's really great. So, um, so for you personally, um, you are an ambassador of Christ's and you are an endurance athlete. So what does it mean to be both of those um, in terms of, you know, racing for racing and training for Christ? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. It, there's kind of two or three angles to look at it from. So uh, the first would just be like a personal a personal joy and fulfillment uh eric little chariots of fire when i run i feel his pleasure and there's there's something there that i think god it's not for everybody obviously but god created some folks with this with this love of pushing themselves he created them with some speed or some endurance and so i think when we when we train and race it's actually like we are living out part of who god has created us to be is it, is it a huge part? Is it supposed to take over our, our lives? No, of course not. You got to keep it in perspective. But uh, there's a couple different things I do. So I, I, I was a pastor for many years. So when I wake up in the morning, there's two that I'll mention. I wake up in the morning. It's like, oh, man, it's here. I feel like this is what I was born to do. You know, one of them is preaching. If, I, if I'm scheduled to preach somewhere or speak somewhere, I love that. It's just like the bullseye of, of what God's called me to do. But another one is when I wake up and it's race morning. It's just, oh, I love these mornings. This is great. I don't mind getting up at four or whatever I have to do, you know. So um, I think there's a personal thing that God's instilled in us. Obviously, there's there's individual personal pleasure that comes from that and fulfillment. But obviously, it's a platform. It's it's some there's a bigger reason than just our own fulfillment. 
And that would be, how can we use this gifting and this talent for the glory of God? And I, I tell people that a hobby or a Bible or a, um, uh, what's the right word? I can't think. Well, a hobby or a recreation is actually, here's how I define it. It's a God-given interest with evangelistic potential. So it doesn't matter if it's painting, gardening, hunting, whatever. If you got a real interest in that and you're good at that because God's gifted you, mm -hmm. filling, but you need to think beyond that and think, okay, how can this be used with about, you know, with, with some evangelistic um, creativity? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that that's phenomenal. And there's no reason why you shouldn't be praying for God to expand your boundaries um, when you are good at what you do. And I think it's Psalms somewhere in the Psalms where it says, you, you know, if you're good at your craft, you are going to be in front of Kings. Yeah. So if you are, as, if you're good, you're going to have a, a positive influence. If you're great, you're going to have an even greater influence because people are looking to you because you are an expert in your field, regardless of what that field is, whether it's gardening or what have you. Yes. And if you're doing it in front of Kings, that gives you such tremendous influence and witnessing power and capability that we make what we do, even if we're not pastors, our craft, and we get good at our craft. We, and we as Christians should be at the best as we possibly can at what we do in order to draw others to us, in order to have influence with them, to lead them into in, the kingdom. Yeah, it's part of our stewardship, right? I mean, it's like if God's gifted you in some way, then, well, if God's gifted me in a certain way, then it's my my responsibility to, to become as is good at that to work at that to develop that to mature at that um because it's what i'll give an account for in the final days so we're all gifted differently but what am i doing with the gifts god's given me i want to become the best i can with whatever the gift is so for me yes there's personal fulfillment i've been racing training swimming biking running for 30 30 years now and uh what's what's fun is when i do really well in a race or somebody finds out i've won a couple national championships or something they're like, wow, they look at me and I'm old. And they're like, wow, you know? And so and so in our culture, athletic success gives you a platform. People will listen to you. They will respect you if you've accomplished a lot, especially athletically in our, in our culture. So it's been really fun to see God help me. I've worked hard. His, his gifting is there. And then just his favor in some races where I know it was his favor and his grace and his kindness on me that day because that result shouldn't have come based on my training, but it did. And like, I can't believe this. So um, he gives us success so that people will listen to us. Yeah. Glory to God. Right. And I have a couple of comments about the age thing. So number one, so I was listening to a podcast yesterday and in France, they're talking about, um, you know, they have a very a uh, liberal policy on retirement. I think it was like, it used to be 60, but they're running low on resources. They need the workforce to work longer. Now they're trying to push it to 62 or maybe, maybe it's 63. I can't remember. Everybody in France is resisting, but as Christians where there is no age of retirement, we are going to be working for him and for his kingdom until the day we die. That is how our outlook should be because it's for his glory. And as you say, we can sometimes sit back and just look at God's work and say, wow, that was amazing what he just did, right? And so that's really cool. And the other thing is about age, as I get older, I'm focused on um, on um, the younger, like younger men in particular, like trying to like feed into them and figure out what we can do to help them be leaders in their household, 
so that they can raise up the next generation. Because I'm looking, now that I, that I get a little bit older, I have college kids, I'm going to have grandkids someday, Lord willing. I'm looking generations down the road. If the Lord tarries, then I want I want essentially his empire built in in starting with me. What can I do to, to expand that? Um, what advice do you have for younger generation, particularly younger men? Doesn't have to be anything athletic oriented per se, but just as a leader. That's my passion now. It seems to have shifted towards young men, young fathers. Um, but do you have any advice for that younger generation? Well, I think the world's, you know, the world that we uh, enjoy, endurance sports, uh, there's a natural connection there with the younger guys, if, if they're into that. Obviously, what you're saying is true across the board. Whoever's younger that the Lord brings into my life, I want to do the best I can to help, encourage, disciple, whatever. Um, I love the natural connection with uh, with the sports endurance world. That That's an easy one. Um, but, I, you know, for younger guys, here's here's what I'd say. Uh, life is harder than I thought it would be. I, you know, I face stuff. Our family has faced stuff um, in life, in ministry, in work, et cetera, that when I was 25 or 35, I, I never thought we'd face these things. And the world's getting crazier every day. So I would say, you know, just go deep now because you have no idea what the world's going to hold 10, 20, 30 years from now that you're going to face as you're young now, but you're not always going to be young. So the roots better go down now because when those storms come later, you're going to get blown off. And Andy, you and I both know guys and know gals that have just been blown completely off the course. And it's sad. Uh, so, yeah, I would just say, let your roots go deep. What does that mean? Well, take advantage of every opportunity you can. Uh, parachurch, FCA, uh, local church, finding an older guy in the Lord that will walk with you through life. Uh, maybe you meet with them, you know, two, three times a month stay accountable. Um, all of that's got to be in place because what's, I mean, the world's already crazy, but it's only going to get crazier. Yeah, no, that's, that's a sound advice. I love the analogy of putting your roots deep. I mean, there's a lot of biblical references to having a solid foundation. What can the righteous do without a solid foundation? Right. Yeah. So that is truly 100% important. Um, Link, you are filled with wisdom. Um, I love talking to you. I want to have you back and discuss some more things related to the kingdom and athletics. I hope you can join me again. Um, where now you, I know that you have a website, lincolnmurdoch.com, Lincoln, L I N C O L N M U R D O C H. Yes. And you can find a lot there. You can find a lot also at step up to life. Um, and, and you can talk a little more, bit more about that in the remaining couple few seconds we have. And, and where else can people reach you? Are you on Strava too? Yeah. Oh, you know, I sort of, I, I don't, I hardly ever, but I think I'm on there somewhere if they look, um, step up super simple. Step up is our ministry website. Uh, there's a lot of helpful resources there for you. Um, and yeah, my personal one, uh, I've done some coaching and stuff. Um, so I, I'm mostly just consulting now. So, I'll, so if somebody wants to sit down and plan their season, a strategic look at their season, or they want to frame up a month's training, they got this race is their a race. What do I need to do? And I don't sit down and, and give somebody, you know, when you go to the pool, the first hundred yards do the, I don't get down in the weeds like that. There's plenty of opportunity for that out there. If people want that. Uh, so I, I'm more of a big picture uh, do consultations at this point. Um, so, but yeah, no, those are, those are the two main websites, lincolnmurdoch.com and stepuplife.com. 
Wonderful. Well, Lincoln, thank you so much for your time. I'll put all of those links in the show notes so that you can reach out to Lincoln um, through those means. And I uh, really appreciate your time, Lincoln. Uh, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. Yeah. Thanks, Andy, for doing it. Keep going. You're doing a great right. job. Take care, brother. All right. You too. 